This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, July 27th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who has a verbal one-two combo that will absolutely put you on your back, Jerem Jordan. Hinkley Rapati, who's a running back for the Brigham Young University, posted a video on the gram of his roommates uh, giving their best moves, you know, uh, in the a The surprise one-two combo. Yep, against uh, a tackling dummy. So here's what that looked like. We'll try and describe <laughs> it for those listening. Okay, it's Neil Powell. He's just, he's just smiling, and then he knees, and then throws an uppercut, and then flexes, and he's away. Uriah Leotawa takes off his glasses, hands it to the opponent, bam, 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 and then a knee to the face, okay? Awesome. Tyler Algier. Going for the distraction mode. Just throw something in the air, gets a distraction. Punching, <laughs> kneeing. Listen, these guys are practicing for hopefully what won't be a situation in real life, but that's really funny. Hinkley Rapati asked, okay, who won? Who had the best surprise combo? I said Tyler Algier. I uh, thought the object the, the, in the air. Yes. That's a, that was, as a kid, that was my snowball tactic. Okay. So I'd have two. I'd throw one high at the person. They always look, and then boom. Right in the jugular. Niels was really funny at the end, especially <laughs> with the flex running away. Yeah. Okay. But some, yeah. th- something could be said about running away. Like, hey, don't run away. Right? Well, well, it depends. Are the fuzz showing up or <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Hey, we've got a nice one, two, three combo for our show lineup, including a 2025 projection for BYU football. Group of five, power five, a new conference, more independence. What do you see in your crystal ball, the BYU-Boise State football rivalry is healthier than ever. Broncos beat writer B.J. Rains will join us to preview the new regime taking over on the blue and why expectations are sky high in spite of another first-year head coach. Plus, where BYU would rank in the Pac-12 preseason media poll. Yep, going there. The latest on Zach Wilson's pending and delayed arrival to Jets camp in New York, and the number two pick, while he's not in camp yet, every other Cougar in the NFL is, which brings us to today's headlines. Three more Cougars in the NFL report to camp with rookies Zach Daw with the Falcons, Brady Christensen with the Panthers, and Dax Milne with the Washington football team. All non-rookies report today to continue training camps, notably Aaron Rodgers. Good up for the Packers, so he's still playing for the Packers. Okay. BYU senior center James Empey has NFL aspirations. He's named the 2021 Outland Trophy watch list, which awards the most outstanding interior lineman in college football. His teammate and linebacker Peyton Wilgar on the 2021 Nagurski Trophy watch list awarded to the nation's best defensive player in college football. Uh, Peyton Wilgar uh, continues to rake it in. He's really good, man. Again, Cam Miller called a shot. The latest Big 12 and SEC news is this. Texas and Oklahoma formally asked for an invitation to the SEC today. For July 1st, 2025, the SEC is scheduled to meet Thursday about it. It's anticipated Texas A&M will complain. Uh, I would like BYU also to submit a formal invitation uh, that they want to be invited uh, just for fun. Can that? Can that can okay, that? so they asked for the formal invite in 2025, but will they wait that long? I don't know that... Texas and Oklahoma are going to wait that long. They, they might pay the $76 million of school to get out before 2025. I wonder why they didn't ask for ASAP. 
Yeah, it will we be in ASAP. Maybe they couldn't do it legally. Or by July first, twenty twenty-five. A former National Player of the Year and BYU volleyball legend Taylor Sander and the United States men's volleyball team face Tunisia tonight, ten oh five Eastern, after losing their last match to the Russian Olympic Committee, three sets to one. On the ladies' side, Lucas Slave and the second-seeded U.S. women's team sweeping China yesterday. And now we'll face Turkey this Thursday. The U.S. women look really, really strong. Yeah, BNL champs. They beat China in China to do it a couple years ago. Which is gnarly. Okay, BYU uh, swimmer Josue Dominguez takes third in the qualifying heat of the 200-meter backstroke, uh, breaststroke rather, for the Dominican Republic. For the time of 2.17.34, he did not qualify for the semifinals. This wraps up competition for Dominguez in the Olympics. Congrats to the current BYU student-athlete. Hanging out in Tokyo. Yeah, pretty fantastic. BYU track and field signs 2021 New Mexico Gatorade Athlete of the Year, Leah Peely, the state champ in discus and shot put. Peely's father and mother, both athletes at BYU, so those family ties continue. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Grab your Oracle crystal ball and gaze four years into the future. With college football realignment and expansion almost assuredly now on the near horizon, led off by the domino of Texas and Oklahoma's departure from the Big 12, I present you the following question, Jerem. Where will BYU end up in 2025? We hope expansion happens. Realignment feels like it's happening, right? Um, But, well, it's definitely happening. But expansion, I hope, happens. Expansion is that someone from the outside is let in. And if so, hopefully BYU's in that. Um, some interesting comments coming out this morning from uh, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov about um, the Pac-12 stance. Uh, one notable comment, we do not think expansion is required to continue to compete and thrive. You're the Pac-12. You've been pretty irrelevant. I feel like you need something different. Um, they're stuck in a bad TV deal until 2024, and then they'll reassess. And I... Okay, the other thing that came up, um, a team does not need AAU accreditation. That's like, hey, we're an officially recognized research institution by this group. That's not AAU like high school basketball. Utah didn't have this when they went in 2011, but this has sort of been a thing with BYU and the Pac-12 of like, well, there are multiple reasons why BYU is not in the Pac-12. Sort of discussed and understood, not formally and out loud, but one is, ah, BYU is not a research institution by AAU. Well, that doesn't matter now. So it's obviously religious. There's no religious school in the Pac-12. TCU is going to encounter this, too. If TCU wanted to be in the Pac-12, maybe they have the same issue, being a religious school. Although they asked to not be named Texas Christian. They want to be TCU from a branding standpoint. So it's like, oh, so it's BYU's religion that's holding BYU up from the Pac-12? And then previously the Big 12 invite, LGBTQ plus concerns were brought up in the conversation. That's obviously tied to the religion and certain policies and whatnot there. So it's interesting. I, in 2025, where will BYU be? Yeah. It's either indie or new league. That's what it feels like. I don't know that BYU will be in the traditional uh, you know, Pac-12 expanded or something else. It doesn't feel like BYU would ever be in the Big Ten SEC or ACC. It's just that feels weird. So I'm thinking indie still or the, some kind of new league, maybe a, AAC. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. We're going to watch this nuclear bomb go off, and then when the dust settles, we'll go, okay, now what? I looked into my crystal ball this morning. You have a crystal ball? No, not really. Oh, okay. But I looked deep into my own mind, Jeremy, and thought, okay, 
let's think about everything we have experienced in the history of BYU Sports Nation over eight years, every summer going through conference expansion, realignment, rumors, Big 12, the dog and pony show that that was back in 2016. Tom Holmos comments to us recently in the Decade of Independence Review Show. And it feels like to me, even though it's a little bit hazy, it feels like to me BYU will be in a conference in 2025. Independence will not be a thing for BYU in 2025. I think they will be in a conference. As you said, hard to know which conference, if it's a newly formed conference with leftovers from the Big 12, leftovers potentially from the Pac-12, maybe. It could be a new conference for BYU, but I think they will be in a conference in 2025. The independence thing has been fun. I don't see it going longer than 12 to 14 years. I think BYU needs to be in a conference again. They they went out. They did their thing. They had a great 2020 season. It was fun. They became a national media darling. Uh, I, I feel like that they have accomplished what they needed to do in independence, and they can position for access and exposure to a degree within a conference by 2025. I, I wouldn't mind a brand-new conference. And the thing is, when you were talking about the Pac-12, you have to know that with USC's very public displeasure with the Pac-12 leadership. Are they not the first call for the Big Ten commissioner or even Greg Sankey in the SEC saying, hey, if you want to make a mega conference or we want to make this even crazier, uh, why don't USC, you convince Oregon and Stanford and the other top-tier teams in the Pac-12 to jump ship and we'll figure something out. Yeah, if if, there's too too much money to be made with Teams and programs that that hold that value, USC being the leader on the West Coast. So yeah. I don't think that the Pac-12 is safe from this. The Big 12 certainly is in peril. If they're not safe, they need to expand to strengthen Ex- their Exactly, spot. but who are they going to expand with and gain value? Who's the Pac-12 going to poach and add value? Nobody. It's only Notre Dame. Like, it's only Notre Dame, and they're not going west. So Notre yeah. Dame to the Big Ten has always made sense. They don't want it, though. They want to stay indie. They love it. I mean, with the Big 12, with the likes of, and I don't know, only. TCU and, and Baylor and maybe uh, Texas Tech or Oklahoma State, would that add value to the Pac-12? Does that make any sense at all? No one adds value at the end. No one adds value but Notre Dame. So it's not necessarily about adding value. It's about just being the best you can be against what will form on the other side. It's like risk. You're turning in your cards. You know, the armies are stacking up. It's like, well, you have to respond because guess what? Someone's bursting in from Morocco into Brazil, and you've been holding South America and North America and getting like eight around, and you're about to turn in cards. Okay. Yes, he seems about to turn in cards. With Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, so where does BYU fit in this? I don't know. It feels like, yes, the landscape could change dramatically, and then BYU takes advantage. Will a power league matter in the future like it matters now? It will always matter, but will it matter less? So the SEC is already the power and is getting stronger. The Big Ten wants to keep up. What are they going to do? What's what's the arm race going to look like? Uh, you know, this is the Cuban Missile Crisis, but... You know, yes, someone's actually doing something. Yeah. Um, so who who's going to do what? I, I don't know, but it is interesting because I think BYU is in a comfortable place to just sort of see what happens. But also, don't don't kid yourself. Tom Homo and and we learned a lot the last month month and a half talking to Tom on Media Day and for the Independent Special. Watch that Independent Special, by the way. That interview with Tom, 
Uh, go to YouTube and check it out. Really interesting yes. about the future. Yes, that's why I feel like he's going to find the right things. fit for BYU. That's he's, why I feel like they'll be in a conference. He said there are windows of opportunity, and one is sort of opening and closing at, at this moment. So we'll see what BYU does. Like, if, you, if we fast-forward to 2025 and go back and watch this, we're probably going to look silly because we don't know how it's actually going to play out. But, yes, I, if BYU is still indie, something went wrong. Yes, it's, because because why wouldn't at so, BYU's not independent forever? I don't think BYU's independent forever unless independence becomes cool. Like all of a sudden USC goes indie, the trend, and someone else goes indie, and it's like okay, we're not alone in this. Um, of no, we're gonna have our own TV deal, and we'll just kind of we'll just kind of do this. But it is fun to play in a league. It's fun to have that. I've always wanted BYU to be in the Pac-12. I thought that would be so fun, and there'd be so many BYU fans on the West Coast showing up all the time. Da da da. So we'll see what happens, man. It's it's hard to know, but it's like kind of exciting, but also a little nerve wracking. Of I don't want BYU not to be invited to s- somewhere. Of note, L.A. Times Super Conference uh, mock draft featured Bill Plaschke, <laughs> and he chose BYU as his thirtieth overall pick. His eighth pick specifically, thirtieth overall, the first non-power five team chosen, and the Cougars were chosen prior to Virginia Tech, South Carolina, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Utah. Now, does he agree with Paul Feinbaum, who said, victory. along with Notre Dame, there's only one other team that really adds value to a Power 5 conference, and that's BYU. Which and those They don't are- add money value, per se. They add, like, general value, but so does a bunch of the Big 12 teams. Yeah, well, tough to know. I mean, what what is the monetary value? No, we know they would if they added that much value, they would have been invited already. Well, it's it's as you said, it's a lot more complicated than that. I don't think if it was just value based and BYU was not tied to a deep right. religious past, then, then Val- I think and, they would have and been. Value invited. is too general of a explanation. It's just talking financial. I think BYU, yeah, they they don't, they, they don't necessarily add. They help like keep it the same. Maybe they don't add. I don't think. Okay, so otherwise they, they BYU maintain, would they maintain at least perhaps. But again, they would have been invited if it was that big of a deal, I think. Yeah. If the value was, yeah, if the money was the most important thing. In 2016, they would have taken BYU if it was that big of a deal. <sighs> but it wasn't, really, so they didn't. Really, I just think there are too many social-political issues going on in 2016 that... that and 2020. Overwhelm the financial benefits. I just think it's bigger than that, yeah, with BYU. You, as you've said, our high-maintenance partner. High-maintenance. It's become less high-maintenance. <laughs> Unless we're just comfortable being alone here. Okay, we want you to gaze into your crystal ball at home and answer today's social media brain buster, our question of the day. Where do you see BYU ending up in 2025? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At the Hutch Bunch on Twitter answers... BYU is such a unique place with different but good priorities that it will be difficult to find a good conference to fit into. I would absolutely like to see the Cougs in a Power 5, but being honest, I believe BYU will still be independent in four years. I I just don't think – I think that independence will have run its course by then. It might not be a Power 5 conference, but I think BYU and Tom Holmo want to get back into a conference, and this is the window of opportunity that you referenced that it needs to happen now. It's got to happen in the next two to three years for BYU to be back in a conference, whether that's a Power 5 or not. And if it's not a Power 5, where are you joining that league? Um, what changed? Um, did you give in and say, well, this didn't work, or priorities changed? Like, what, yeah, what happened? 
Uh, because it feels like BYU could join the AAC today if they want but they don't want to. Who knows? It feels like they could. It feels a lot like they could. Okay. Talk, talking well, who, to... who knows now? Yeah. Like, who knows now with yeah. the AAC positioning to potentially want to take Big 12 leftovers? Saw a big article about they, how the AAC wants to be... go to 16 teams, and they want to invite a bunch of the Big 12 leftovers. They might be plucked from. Who knows? Like, if this new league forms that we're talking about, who's in the league? You'd think that some AAC members might want that. Who knows? Yeah. It's crazy right now, which is great for content on July 27th when you do an hour-long show. Coming up, where would BYU rank in a Pac-12 media poll? Because we're obsessed with being in a Power 5 league, we will guess at where BYU would be in it. Boise State also looking to get into a Power 5 conference. Maybe as BYU's travel partner will preview the Broncos in 2021 with their beat writer next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Friday for a celebration of the past year in Cougar Sports as we bring you the Y Awards. Who will win the team and athletes of the year? Maybe Connor Mance, just shown on BYU TV, could win. We'll see. Find out Friday at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'm pretty sure if you win a national championship, you are very likely to win a Y Award. Yeah, hard to argue with a national championship title. We are live in Studio B. We have no national titles here. Still working on that. But we do have your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We continue our opponent previews for BYU football in the 2021 season as we center now in on Boise State. And to do so, we are joined by Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press and host of the Blue Turf Sports Podcast. His name is BJ Rains. BJ, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. A Boise State Twitter was fired up yesterday when it was discovered that ESPN has Andy Avalos a, as a former BYU linebacker, BJ. Uh, where does Coach Avalos rank among the former BYU linebacker greats? Yeah, I think uh, Boise State fans were wondering who at ESPN works for BYU or something <laughs> to uh, switch, switch that around. It was kind of like the Wikipedia pages that get updated with random info sometimes. But, uh, yeah, there was a, a fun little thing about that. And of all the switches to make, the, the new head coach, and, of course, it had to be BYU. That that certainly riled some folks <laughs> up yesterday. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Okay, let's talk about Andy Avalos and uh, what is expected. Obviously, a former uh, you know player and assistant coach has been the D.C. at Oregon. He's back now. Takes over for Brian Harson, who goes to Auburn. Takes the money. We know Bronco Mendenhall did it at Virginia. We've been there. What's the expectation? Can he keep up what Boise State's been doing, which is compete at a national level at a really high level? Well, the last two coaches they had the first year, they won the Fiesta Bowl. Chris Peterson uh, there in 2006, Brian Harson in 2014. So fans are wanting nothing less than getting back to a New Year's Six Bowl game and winning it right off the bat. I mean, certainly they're the favorites in the Mountain West. Uh, there's some good teams in the West Division in terms of Nevada and, and San Jose State, but they're the pick in the Mountain Division. And um, I think they, they want them to you know not only pick up where they left off, but maybe even have more success. I mean, I think some fans were even a little disappointed in terms of the conference championships. They lost in the championship game last year they lost at home to fresno state a couple years ago didn't even qualify one of the years so i think some people actually think there's another level to reach and so he was the obvious pick uh he was right right from the start he was the obvious pick he played there he was a longtime assistant coach there was only gone for two years so still knows like half the roster so uh he was the obvious pick and uh, i think it was a great choice and and uh, i think fans are fired up and i think it's been a nice fresh you know breath of fresh air for media fans uh, everybody around the program there's there's a real new sense of energy heading into the season 
What's the relationship like between Boise State and the Mountain West Conference, given all of the uncertainty that's happening with conference realignment and expansion potentially out there in the near future? Well, I just talked to Craig Thompson, the Mountain West Commissioner down in Las Vegas at Mountain West Media Days, and he said he understands it. He said he's had numerous uh, heart-to-heart uh, conversations with the president, Dr. Marlene Trump, and and the AD, Jeremiah Dickey, and he understands their their uh, perspective. He said that he would do the same thing as should the other 11 teams in the league. You're always looking to see what's out there and see if there's a better opportunity for you. Craig Thompson believes that opportunity, you know, the best opportunity right now for Boise State is in the Mountain West. That obviously could change based on conference realignment and all that stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But, um, you know, the emails and things that I had uncovered uh, at our paper um, about uh, Boise State looking to leave and Brian Harson being very unhappy and all that, that was obviously a big story at the time. But, um, you know, they took some shots at Craig Thompson and his leadership. But, you know, Brian Harson's moved on and and uh, it's a fairly new president and a new athletic director. So a lot of leadership changes at Boise State in the last couple of years, you know, even with Avalos. So I think that um, the relationship is fine. I think Boise State is happy to be in the Mountain West, but certainly uh, what's happened the last week or so, uh, you know, may have altered what the their future ends up being in the next couple of years. Certainly BYU can empathize with Boise State in feeling like, hey, we're one of the premier programs in this league, if not the premier program. We would like different treatment. Hey, that relationship didn't work out. BYU divorced the Mountain West. So listen, BYU fans, BYU gets it, what Boise State has gone through and is going through. So to your point, it feels like at some point, Boise State's a really good candidate for expansion should it come to that. BYU obviously feels like it is as well. Do you feel like these two teams in the next couple of years are going to be in a different league? I, I, it's tough to say. I'll, I'll say this. The, the, the Mountain West is not going to have the same 12 teams it does now uh, two years from now. I feel pretty confident saying that, whether they add teams or teams leave. I certainly think this is the opportunity for Boise State. And I'll say this. The new athletic director, Jeremiah Dickey, and his six months on the job has already been pretty bold in terms of making uh, some decisions and, and thinking outside the box a little bit. He was willing to move two basketball games to like a 5,000-seat arena in a different county uh, out in Nampa just so they could have fans at one point. And that, that riled up some people. I mean, He's, he's willing to kind of do whatever it, it takes. And so I, I do think he's the right athletic director for Boise State. He actually came from Baylor, where he was the number two AD at Baylor for three years. So I think that his ties to the Big 12 certainly come into play here. And um, it, it's just very you know interesting because I just think Boise State doesn't have a baseball team. They had one for like six months, and then it went away again last year. That's going to hurt them when it comes to expansion. Their academics aren't maybe as high as uh, the Pac-12 and some of these conferences would like to see in terms of a law school and uh, some of the doctoral things that you need to have. So um, I just think that it's not a slam dunk that other schools would want them. But I think if it's going to happen, it would have to happen with BYU. I I think BYU is the perfect partner for them. I think from a travel standpoint for volleyball and soccer and some of the other leagues, uh, you can partner up uh, for the road trips. So uh, the West Virginias of the world or or all the teams traveling out West wouldn't just come all the way for one game. So I think there's a lot to be done, but I think a BYU Boise state, you know, marriage and a a package deal would seem to make a lot of sense. Um, I just, know that it has to happen for all sports you know at first Boise State was looking at the American just for football and that really wouldn't work because then the other sports have to get into a lower level so wherever they go Boise State wants it to be for all the sports and um, I certainly think the Big 12 is is becoming a, a more of a possible option at this point. BJ Rains, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU finally beat Boise State on the blue last year and I know it was a weird COVID year The Cougars had the number two overall draft pick quarterback, Zach Wilson. That offense was rolling, and Boise State had some injuries. Hank Bachmeyer, notably, 
has something changed within the rivalry now that BYU has finally beaten Boise State on the blue? Well, I think so. And I, I had a tweet that I remember from that game where a lot of your uh, you know, fans uh, weren't very fond of it uh, in terms of excuse making or things like that, whatever they wanted to say. But I mean, the, the fact of the matter was Boise State played its fourth string quarterback for the majority of that game. I mean, you mentioned Hank Bachmeyer being out. Jack Sears uh, also went out in the first quarter on a helmet to helmet hit and had a concussion. And so they had to play a, a true freshman fourth string quarterback for three fourths of that game. And so would Boise State have won? Probably not. Would the game have been more competitive and closer? Uh, I, I believe so. And a lot of Boise State fans believe so. So I think there is a bad taste in their mouth from the way that game went down. They didn't get a chance to show, uh, you know, their full strength of roster and what they can do. Again, I don't think they would have won the game, but I don't think it would have been a blowout. And so I think that does sit, you know, not well with Boise State's fans. And I think they're looking forward to it. And you remember the year before down in Provo it was the same thing. Hank Bachmeyer was out again and they had to play a backup quarterback and lost by three points. Uh, you know, and that was the only loss Boise State had that year going into the bowl game. They were 12 and one and they had a three point loss in the the rain uh, at uh, BYU with a backup quarterback. So I think Boise state just feels like they haven't had a chance to be at full strength in a while. And it's shown on the field. And so um, I think they're very looking forward to this game and they've had a tough time down in Provo too. I think they've lost what three of the five down there or something like that uh, since this series started. So um, it, it's been tough down there and I know it's going to be a, uh, a different looking BYU team, but I think Boise state is, um, you know, looking forward to, to hopefully being at full strength and having what they consider more of a, more of a fair shot in this one. Yeah, let's get starting quarterbacks for both teams because Baylor Romney was the third string in 2019 too. So it's like, hey, everyone just, can we have Jaron Hall or whoever BYU is going to have versus Hank Bachmeyer? That would be fun. That would be fun. Okay, let's talk about this version of Boise State like you were talking about. Obviously a new head coach in Andy Avalos. Tim Plow, a new OC. Will the offense be similar to what kind of Boise State has done the last several years? It's going to be similar and, and a little bit different in terms of, you know, we haven't really had a chance to see it. We've just heard about it because in the spring game, they really watered it down. Uh, they opened the season at Central Florida on the opening Thursday night, and they didn't want to ha- show anything. Uh, but they're talking about, you know, very, very fast, up-tempo, no substituting, you know, running up to the line. Um, you know, they, they talk about having multiple options on every play. That The offensive coordinator that came from UC Davis, Tim Plow, I mean, they r- routinely led the FCS and a lot of the offensive numbers and passing numbers. And he said that his uh, goal every game is hashtag half a hundred. He said he doesn't like to even look at the scoreboard until they've scored 50 points. And so that excited a lot of Boise state fans. And I know he was, you know, a little, you know, kind of just having fun when he said that, but um, that half a hundred hashtag is kind of stuck around Boise and um, they're expecting big things from the offense. They got a lot of their key pieces back four offensive linemen, uh, most of their skill positions. So um, the offense has a chance to be really, really good this year. And I think that's the, the part of the team that they feel best about, but defensively they feel good as well. So I think there's a lot of reason for optimism here in Boise. Boise State football insider BJ Reigns on BYU Sports Nation. Who is Boise State's best player this season? Is it George Halani? Is it Hank Bachmeyer? Is it somebody else? I'm going to go somebody else. I'm going to go Khalil Shakir, wide receiver. He, he's got a chance to be a, uh, you know, probably not first round, but definitely second day draft pick. If things go well, he could be anywhere from the second to the fifth round. Probably when you look at mock drafts, he, he had uh, 52 catches in like seven games last year, almost 700 yards, six touchdowns. I believe he's uh, first team, all mountain West uh, receiver, and they got some pretty good receivers. So um, he's, you know, been on a lot of the, the preseason lists and even some honorable mention, all American list last year. He's a very dynamic wide receiver. He was a four-star kid coming out of high school that picked Boise state over UCLA and a couple other schools. 
and came in right away as a true freshman and played. And um, he's back for his senior year. There was some thought he'd go to the NFL last year, but he's back for his fourth year. And, and I think he wants to have a monster season and parlay that into the NFL. And Hank Bachmeyer is from the same area as him. So that's kind of his favorite target and uh, looks for him a lot. And, and uh, he usually uh, makes that payoff worth it because he's a heck of a receiver. They give it to him in the backfield. He can run on the fly sweeps and things like that. He's even uh, takes the ball out of the wildcat and can has thrown a couple passes and trick plays. So he's kind of their Swiss army knife can do it all uh, guy at wide receiver and clearly their best receiver. And, and I think their best offensive weapon. So if, if Khalil Shear, Shakir can stay healthy, I think he has a chance to have a monster season and, and go into the NFL a year from now. BJ, great stuff. And just to be clear, you are confirming that coach Avalos is not a former BYU linebacker, right? You know, I do have some pretty good sources, and I, I, I but I've, I've been able, I've been unable to confirm that one one hundred percent. But I do think that's probably accurate. Yes. Thanks, BJ. Great to talk with you. Yep, we'll see you October 9th, guys. Take care. His name is BJ Rains. He great is stuff. the Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press. Yeah, he and like he said, he's the one that dug up, um, you know, via a, a formal legal request, the emails uh, about hey, Boise State's a little little bugged, right? So yep, yeah, and and. Uh, it's going to be interesting. This, this is I, I've said this before, but of all the series, like multi-games, not one-offs, that BYU has signed, Boise State's my favorite. I love playing Boise State every year. That's a good game, a rivalry, a regional game, an ESPN game in many cases, unless it's there and Fox Sports takes it. But yeah, that, it's a great game, man. I love that. Well, now it's becoming more even as well because BYU's won two in a row. They finally won on the blue. And so it does feel like a true rivalry when these teams get together. I- it's felt like a rivalry from day one. Like, I've, ne- I've never felt like it wasn't. Um, and it just it just felt natural. It's like, they have a massive brand in college football. Yeah. BYU does, too. Like, let's go. Their fans hate BYU. And that's what, that's what it's all about. <laughs> you need hate to have a good rivalry. You absolutely like, do. You don't have, I, like, you can't both enjoy each other and be like, <laughs> we are rivals. Like, I think there needs to be some negativity there. Yeah, totally. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday on BYU's Best Player Between the Two. (laughs) And where would BYU Football 2021 version rank in the Pac-12 media poll? The South Division specifically. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, the latest Cougar football ratings from college to the pros. It's time to get into all the swag and BYU's new favorite Madden player. Check it out on the BYUSN Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube platform. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jets players are reporting for camp. Head coach Robert Sala says he believes everyone is in attendance except Zach Wilson. What? Who's not signed his contract yet. Any concern? Not really. If camp starts up and they're a few days into it and Zach Wilson is still not there, then I'll be concerned. But I don't think this is a Zach Wilson problem. I'm based on what I know of Zach. I'm sure he's like, come on, let's let's just whatever. Give me whatever I have to sign. I want to play football. But don't work for free. But don't work for free. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not concerned at this point. Are you? No. Um, I'm with you. If it's like five days into camp and he's not there. Then it gets weird. Then it gets weird. But luckily the market will be very forgiving. <laughs> They'll be, yeah, New York will understand. We get it. They'll understand. You know what? What up? Jerem, the Pac-12 media poll is out. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. 
Oregon picked to win the North Division. USC picked to win the South Division. Washington and Utah both second in those respective divisions. Yes. If BYU were currently in the Pac-12, where would the Cougars have ranked in today's media poll? I think BYU would be fourth in the South. Fourth in the South Division. Yeah. So behind USC, Utah, and Arizona State. Yes. UCLA somehow got a vote to win the division. Come on. <laughs> I feel like that's a troll job by one of the coaches it was, in the it South was a Division. US, it was a USC, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Chip Kelly's my friend. Uh, I'm going to give him the vote. He's like, but I'm still Oregon Chip Kelly. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. If BYU were in the Pac-12, they would have been picked fourth in the South Division. Although Arizona State doesn't scare me, as uh, previously noted on the show. So I personally scared prob- of the devil. I personally would put BYU third in the South Division, but I think the media would put them fourth, just, just above UCLA. If they were below UCLA, then, then we'd have an issue. Well, then, that, then I might go postal. That'd be true to preseason form, though. <laughs> right? Right. Zach Wilson's Madden rating is out. He's a 75, second best rookie behind Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you've heard of him. Too high, too low, or just right? I think that's just right. Assess the porridge. Yes. Okay, so a 75% in most college classes is like a B- minus or a C+. Oh, I would have taken that in a heartbeat at right? BYU. B- minus, C+. Plus. That's a terrible that's student. That's very favorable. Like, I'm not going to complain about 75 at all. In fact, I think it might be a little bit too high. Might be like, too high? I, I want Zach to have more room to, to build up and, you know, exceed expectations. Well, you got to throw, you like, got to complete a pass in the NFL before you really 75, get to that's, the that's, 80s. That's nice. 75 is nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's spot on. Whatever. Great. Okay. okay. Projection sports. They're called projection sports. I love it. I wonder what they do. They've surprisingly called their shot, Jerome. <laughs> really? They're projected. Wow. And have BYU facing Colorado. Picked to finish fifth in the Pac-12 South. In the Independence Bowl this year in Shreveport, Louisiana. With Baylor Romney as the quarterback. What? Do you like the what potential? What happened to Jared? Do you like the potential of that game in the Independence Bowl? Yes, more Power Fives. I've said for a long time I want 12 Power eight Fives power a year. Fives. I want eight, eight Power Fives. Yeah. Uh, so what happened to Conference USA? Did they not have enough bowls? Uh, bowl teams? Is that what happened here? Well, this would be a rematch of the 88 Freedom, Freedom Bowl. Bowl. An vengeance tour for BYU. And Jason Chaffetz will make some more field goals. <laughs> yeah, Ty and Detmer. talk about Hillary Clinton. Ty Detmer played in that game as a freshman. Right. Right. In the Freedom Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't know about this. Ba- Baylor Romney. Hey, BYU, they said this, I'm quoting, BYU's Baylor Romney is the new quarterback. This What? This screams someone who hasn't done research. Well, he was the backup last year, so he must be the starter now. But expect to Maybe step back wouldn't. with tougher schedule and key losses on both sides of the ball. Okay. Uh, there was only there were two losses on the offensive side. Don't get me wrong, an All-American in the second pick, but you understand about that? Yeah. In his comments today, new Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov mm-hmm. said in a in relation to the Texas Oklahoma move that it quote gives us an opportunity to consider expansion with quote significant inbound interest from many schools. Mm-hmm. Has Tom Thomas F. Homel already called the Pac-12? They've been ongoing. I'm sure that Tom Homel has an open conversation going with George Klyovkov. Why would you not at this point? Just say, hey, okay, now that everything's changing, we feel like we can add value, however you want to define value. Yeah. If the Pac-12 is going to expand, and I'm sure in their minds they're thinking, oh, yeah, we'll get the best of the rest from the Big 12 if it dissolves. But will they? Will, uh, will they? Did people want to go to the Pac-12 from Texas? 
Well, if it means a power, if it means you get double the TV money, over the probably. Big Ten, though, it's like well, I think the Big Ten could come Ten down and say, "Hey, Oklahoma State, Iowa if State, you're come Texas on. Tech." You think the Big Ten's knocking on your door? Maybe not. Like, TCU, you, like you would take, you would take the power opportunity given to you because TV money, because TV money. And when we were talking value earlier, I'm not talking general value. We're talking TV specific money. Yeah, so that's um, what's Tom Homo's background again? Oh, he coached at Stanford and Cal. That dude has Pac-12 connections. 49ers, okay. three-time Super Bowl champion. Four times. Four times. He's got the coach, right? Yeah. I think three times as a player, one time yeah. as an assistant yes. coach. So there you go. BYU Equipment posted this picture of a delivery <laughs> to the BYU renovated locker room. Uh, Jerem, what would you give to be the first person to have access to open these boxes? Now, hold on. Do I get to keep said box? Sure. Because if it's just me opening a box, no, I don't care. You get to um, keep one of whatever is I in get, each of those boxes. It's like a grab box. Yes. Um, I'm definitely going for the biggest one because I'm hoping it's shoes. Okay. Um, you want 25 pairs give? of cleats, though? I would give all my sins to know these, Spencer. <laughs> I'd give up my seat as the host of BYU Sports Nation for a week. <laughs> <laughs> did like a week ago for a week and a half. Well, to Billy Nixon, I guess. Oh, to Billy? To Doc? Yeah. Doc Nixon? Hey, Billy. Yeah. I'll trade you positions. Bill, uh, Bill you want to uh, come host the show, man? Co- I'll do a week and a half. Oh, wow. Come host the show if you let me uh, keep one thing es- from each of those boxes. Escalation clause. I'll do one day more than whatever Spencer you oh. <laughs> You've got the, the key positioning and the price is right bidding. My, well, my house is under contract, so <laughs> we've been dealing with that. Yes. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Shout Out. And Top 5 Tuesday features BYU deep threat receiver Gunnar Romney. He's the best receiver between the two yard lines. You coined that. It's money, dude. This is BYU Sports Nation. Money. Like what BYU brings to a power five. What? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest D-Blue, I talked with one Spencer Linton. I believe that's how you say it. Talked about uh, your journey to BYU TV, our previous connection while going to school BYU. A little eye provo in there and uh, the impact your dad can't head on you. Check it out on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. Just search Deep Blue. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are picture, live in Studio B. That was at the Tennessee, Tennessee game. Tennessee game, just like pensive. Taken by Dale Green. I didn't know that's that a, he was taking pictures, and that's probably a, why it turned out to be an okay picture. It's a wonderful photo. <laughs> it really is. He sent those to me. He said, I was like, when are you, when are you taking pictures? Like, you creep. <laughs> just kidding. All good stuff. Uh, yeah, Dale. Shout out to Dale Green. Camera, Dale Green, man. Cameraman extraordinaire. He's the best. Top 5 Tuesday, also an extraordinary thing, and we present that to you, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. It is the Gunnar Romney edition today. Go. BYU's best receiver ever between the twos. Oh, tops in the country right now. He was the Todd Watkins of yeah, number 5. 18-yard touchdown reception against Utah State. This is Gunnar's first touchdown, I believe. This is also Zach Wilson's first touchdown. This is 2018. The game's over. BYU's handing the reins over to Zach Wilson after this game. 13 catches in 2018 for Gunner. And then he doubled that in 2019. And he tripled his catches in 2020. So could he possibly, possibly do it again? Could he double his catches in 2020? Quadruple it? Number four. This is the story of Gunner's 2020 season. Okay. And what uh, coined the best receiver between the two-yard line. 
Uh, epic catches just short of the end zone. Although that one should have counted as a touchdown. I thought he, yeah, he should have been. Okay, against Troy, September 26th, that set up a Zach Wilson rushing touchdown on a 48 to seven win. Oh, another touchdown for Zach. Gunner had 138 Get yards. Get Gunner. Come on. Career high for a single game in receiving yards. Has two other games in the 130s as well. Give him the touchdown. Good Come grief. On. Golly gee. Number three. 45-yard touchdown against Navy. This is a screen pass. This is the worst tackling you will ever see in your entire life. Luckily, these guys are way better at their jobs than football. Oh, okay? overrun because, by the safety. Because Gunner should not score what a touchdown there. What are you doing, there. Navy safety? Uh, we didn't practice tackling prior to this. Kenny, I love you, but this was bad. Okay, the whiff. The whiff. <laughs> the whiff. No. No. Uh, listen, Gunner is awesome. He should not have scored on this play. Look how slow and out of shape Navy's players look right here. We've only been practicing for four days. That's your fault. Credit Gunner. Did his thing. Number two. All the way back to 2019. <laughs> Remember this against USC. Fourth quarter, six minutes to go. BYU's trailing 24-20. 35 yards from Zach Wilson, and he hangs on. We were all kind of scared when he caught this pass because he I got taken he out of the knees. his knees, dude. BYU's leading receiver in that game, Gunnar Romney, three catches, 54 yards, none bigger than this. And uh, how about that scramble by Zach Wilson to set it up? Honestly, Gunnar scores a touchdown there if Zach sees him sooner, but Zach has to dance around the pocket. This, to me, was Zach Wilson's finest performance until what we saw his junior year. I mean, this was an incredible situation here. It was awesome. Okay, number one, the top play from Gunnar Romney so far. 38-yard diving catch against Western Kentucky. First off, throws on the money, and the catch is on the money. Ooh! Oh! Gunner inside the five. What a grab from him. Four for 59 in this game. Again, short of the end zone. But this, the throw and catch, I mean, Gunner was fantastic. He, I think oh. if Gunner was healthy, he and Dax Milne would have duked it out for top receiver in terms of yards and, and catches and everything. Uh, Gunnar Romney, best receiver between the twos, maybe in BYU history. He's got two touchdowns in each of his first three seasons, okay? I guarantee more. He triples them. More. He'll have at least six, if not 12, okay? So Gunnar Romney specifically has been working on his physicality. We know he's got the hands. We know he's got the precision route running. The ability to make a downfield play is awesome, but he's working on his physicality off the line to create more space. That's what he's been working on this offseason. Well, yeah, because you're going to have seven power fives now. So you're going to have corners that will jam you at the line significantly more than what you saw last year. Also, having uh, two Nakua brothers and Isaac Rex and Neil Powell will help open up Gunnar Romney as well. Don't you dare leave out Dallin Holker. (laughs) I apologize, (laughs) Dallin. Gross oversight on my I am very excited. (laughs) Coming up, the elite voice of the day. And who has... Who has earned our rise and shout-out? Did your Mariner sneak in there somehow? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review it, and rate it. Our question of the day. Where do you see BYU winding up in 2025? Is it a group of five conferences? I think it'll still be in front. Yeah, I don't think it moves. Is it a power five conference or is it still independence? So with that question of the day on the mind, let's revisit some of your answers now. 
or for the first time visit them. At Hello Newman 0820 on Twitter says, like I see BYU independent and in better shape. How so? It's about exposure, and with the expanded playoff, we will all have something to dream of. Hashtag BYUSN. Dreams are nice, but reality is better. Like, sure, a 12-team playoff absolutely helps BYU, even if they remain in independence. Yes, BYU does have to cool it on the schedule, though. There's no way BYU makes the playoff ever under the current scheduling philosophy. Even in 2022, which yeah. I pointed out is a much easier schedule in 2021? Yes, but BYU has to be a zero or one less team. Granted, the 20, the 12-team playoff doesn't probably start until 2025. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. As early as 2023, so that's, that's not even a thing for a few more years. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Dreaming of, sure. <laughs> losers dream. Winners create reality. Wait, losers dream? But don't... Like, like eventually you have to do something. You hit the mark? Yeah, like LMU basketball. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, we all dream. I'm not, I'm not saying... I'm saying the end game of dreaming needs to be fulfilled in some capacity. Otherwise, it's you're over there. You're never over there, right? Um, LMU put out a video where they were talking about building brick by brick. I thought it was great. And then I realized this is a basketball team doing this. I was like, you can't use bricks, man. <laughs> you can't use bricks in a basketball analogy. Not in that setting. Even for the culture and the team. Come okay. on, man. Uh, for every brick you had at the West Coast Conference Championships? Like, come on. <laughs> but they're building off of those bricks. <laughs> they're learning. You want to eliminate they're the learning. bricks, not add them. Yeah, Alec exactly. R. Watson on Instagram adds, the Big 12, because the Big 12 needs BYU to live. Yes, absolutely, as I put on the blue goggles. Okay, so. The overvaluing of BYU's alert. role there. Talk to me alert. for a moment blue about this. Alert. I shall. We blue have three, uh, five minutes. What can the Big 12 do to remain alive what would they have to do in terms of bringing in other teams or adding value to i guess earn or deserve uh, a financial number in a tv contract that is worthwhile of keeping that power five designation like who who are we talking about adding what would they have to poach from another to conference me they have to do houston cincy and maybe do ucf byu or boy state and byu okay so and you, then don't, you, have you don't a, think that they have, you have to poach. a league that's still uh equal to or better than the aac I don't know that you have to poach. No. I From think another you could Power expand. 5 conference. Like if they went yeah. hard after the Arizona schools yeah. or the Pac-12 Listen, schools. It's not going to pull in. Um, and those, those are good ideas too. But um, I don't know that like Arizona helps you a ton. And Arizona State, you've made the argument that they don't actually do they're anything. Overrated. But, but uh, I, they, I think they bring value overall. Yeah. Um, I, I think if the Pac-12 can stay at 12, they need to get to at least 12, not this 10 thing. With a BYU, a Boise State, a Cincinnati, a Houston types. Um, yes, you're not going to pull in 30 mil per team a year okay. in money. But what if it's 15 or 20 or something? That's still better than any other group of five league. So you're sort of between those power four and the other uh, yes. group of five. Or does it be who? But yeah, and then they could, you, you're still probably the fifth best league in the, uh, in the country. Uh, you could argue four through six, yeah. To me, that that do it. It's just whether they get poached. Like if yeah, they that's can, the thing. Or does it behoove them to get poached and go make equal to or, or more money with another Power Five conference? Yeah. So there's not yeah, much the reason to stay in the Big Twelve. Like I feel like the Big Twelve is going to yeah. have to put up a number with a TV contract that's going to be close to what the next 
lowest Power 5 conference is going to make. We won't know what that is for a few years, by the way, Ooh. unless they negotiate that for 2024, right, when their TV deal is done, or 25, whatever it is. It's one of those two. It, it, it's tricky. If you're the Big 12 right now, what are you going to do? Everyone's waiting for them to either re-up and, and invite and, and expand or for someone else to say, all right, we'll make a move. We're going to bring some of these teams into our league. The Big 12's finding out the reality is in 2016, who knows, had they added, maybe it changes things, maybe it doesn't. Maybe Texas and Oklahoma aren't as fed up. Perhaps. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Okay, at 86, W.I. Cougar on Twitter says, I think we will see BYU exactly where they are at present. An independent trying to figure out if they can get into one of the four Power 5 conferences. Don't see how the Big 12 survives. They're reminiscent of 1980 Shopping Mall, and Macy's and Dillard's just announced they're shutting their doors. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, what? Yeah, you know, it used to be the SWAC, and then there was a com- combination, Big 8, Big 12. You know, there are evolutions here. The consistency of the Big 10 and, and the SEC, yes, they've added, but they've kind of been stalwarts, ACC, you know, everyone's sort of adjusted here. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully is involved in a great way. That's a great comparison. You yeah. know, Macy's and Dillard's are your top two moneymakers in a shopping mall. They're like, ah, we're out. Texas and Oklahoma. They're yeah. Texas. They're yeah. out. Now what? How does the rest of the mall Orange survive? Orange Julius is like, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> I love Orange Julius. Oh, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resorts. Tyson Peterson answers on Twitter. We have more Cougars in the NFL than we've ever had. With Taysom Hill and Zach Wilson and ESPN's love for us, people are noticing BYU more and more. I think by 2025, BYU will be able to pick whatever they want to do. I wish. I I wish. I love the blue-goggled optimism. Yeah, very blue-goggled, brother. Uh, Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, Let's give one to Josue Dominguez for Mm -hmm. uh, participating in the Olympics. That's so cool. Current student-athlete. That's awesome. Yes. Athletic student, as I like to call him. Okay. And uh, while we're talking about swimming, how about uh, Lydia Jacoby, the 17-year-old from Seward, Alaska, became Alaska's awesome, first dude. gold medal winner in the swimming pool. And her, I mean, the video was hype of her school and friends watching her win, and that was awesome. That was, I love watching swimming finals, dude. It's awesome, man. Yeah. The, the dude from Tunisia that won a couple days ago in lane eight. Oh, it's incredible. Amazing. Yes. Loved it. I'll say your Mariners beat the Astros, oh, which is always a good thing. Down 7-0. Grand Salami. Late to win it. Our thanks to today's guest, BJ Reigns. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Mike Regal, return specialist. Mm. See you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go Cougs. I love Mike Regal, dude. Jaron Dabney in those games.